Hello everyone, welcome to the Warif podcast, a place for dialogue on development that promotes social, economic and environmental progress. My name is Abir and I'm your host. It's my joy to connect with fellow developmental professionals, practitioners, academics and enthusiasts. My mission is to make the world a more kind, safe and clean place. I believe even small steps in the right direction can cause a chain reaction towards larger positive impact. Let's meet our guests and learn how they're working towards a better world. Hello everyone to a new episode of Warif. A peace ruling supreme in the Arab world is Her Highness Sheikha Antisar al-Sabah's life's vision. From her native Kuwait, this vision is a light that guides her work as a philanthropist, entrepreneur, author, film producer, and columnist. It is also the resource of her mission to empower children, young people, and women to emerge victorious from any ordeal. In this daily pursuit, she relies on the right mix of entrepreneurship, psychology, and philanthropy. She truly believes that this approach has the power to transform the world. This hallmark of her life's work inspiring personal victory, positivity, and peace is reflected in her social enterprises, Antisars and Ibara, non-profits Anuwer and Bariq, and charitable organization Antisar Foundation. From her uncle, the late Amir of the state of Kuwait, His Highness Sheikh Sabah Al-Ahmed Al-Sabah, a United Nations recognized global humanitarian leader, she draws her understanding that leadership is a duty to aid and uplift others. With great foresight, it was he who named her Antisar, victory in Arabic, just a day after attending a summit, which at the same time brought peace to many Arabs. With deep commitment, she bears this name to improve the fate of women, encourage high aspirations, and build more peaceful world for all. Welcome, Sheikh Antisar. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It will all work out at the end. Thank you for yes. the opportunity. Hayati, uh, thank I you. Am- Thank you. So there's so many people who want to know more about you. So tell us more about yourself and where do you come from? I am Sal Asabah. I am from Kuwait and I'm a mother of four amazing girls. I have both normal businesses, but I also uh, flourish and thrive in the social philanthropic world. And when I see something that I can contribute to, I am always willing to do something and yeah yeah and that's a little bit brief about who I am wow so tell us more about the project and where and why did you start it okay I started where in started thinking about it and reflecting on it in 2012 and basically at the time um, in Kuwait there was a lot of um, uh, despondency people uh, didn't want to see that you know some people didn't want to see that there's a lot of good happening and they uh, I think it was like, I think in any way, mainly there was uh, some people who liked to to believe in uh, what they call uh, reality. And the reality made them miserable. So the reality mm. was 
Mm. I didn't know how the reality was, everything was going badly. I remember having a call with someone who actually, because that was his reality, he brought out this song all about the need to change. But in his great wanting for things to change, he highlighted all the bad things. And they were really Mm. things that weren't uh, balanced as in he um, in, the, in the video he put there's lots of dirt and filth and garbage everywhere oh wow and, and, um, and, and exactly oh wow so when I asked him where did you find them and he said oh in this area I said well he can't get he, he could get and sort of say all of Kuwait is dirty and broken etc but he had a good intention of wanting change but we couldn't see eye to eye in how to create change his way of, of bringing on change is to highlight all the bad things and then ask people to change I couldn't understand that because in all my life and also in all the readings I did in positive psychology, you cannot highlight what you don't want and expect it to teach you actually Absolutely. grow what you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I started thinking how to bring positive psychology to Kuwait mm. in a way that people get it, but also in a way that it it increases their capacity to be agents of change in the country. Interesting. And that's how it started. It was, yeah, it was very different idea. And the way we do it, we, we don't do lectures, we, we do advocacy, but our advocacy is less than our actual implementable uh, toolkits that, that we give everyone, be it virtual or um, in person. So we do... Um, We do conferences, we do seminars, uh-huh. interactive seminars and conferences. And we also work in malls or in events or in the street to uh, shed light and, and uh, uh, educate people about how positive psychology can better their lives. Uh-huh. And all throughout, we're always giving tools. So we don't say, oh, you should be positive without giving them a way to become more positive and that's uh, what kind of tools from this yeah but before well, jumping to that yeah before yeah. jumping to that question uh, can you explain what positive psychology is to the to our listeners okay yeah. uh, I, because i know it so well i, I think everyone knows okay mm. so positive the difference between psychology and positive psychology uh, I, i would just simplify the difference psychology you look at the average person and their and and their um, well-being and you t- take the less than average so the ones at the bottom of the scale you bring them up to the middle so this is what positive psychology you, you support these people with uh, with different tools and uh, psychological interventions to bring them to the average well-being of human of the human of let's say the population Mm. Positive psychology, on the other hand, looks at the outliers, the really the exceptional people, the ones who are doing amazing things, and they study uh, what is the secret of these people. And so what, what we do in positive psychology, we bring the average up to the exceptional, not the mediocre to the average, or let's say mediocre is not the right word, not the less happy or less less in a uh, mental well-being state to the average, but no, we take the average or the normal uh, well-being, people with a normal well-being, take them to the exceptional 
emotional well-being, take them to happiness, to contentment, to satisfaction, mm. and, and above. So how do you make these people feel better and do better with uh, psychological tools? So I, I hope that explained it. So yeah. it's not taking the below average to the average. No, it's taking the average to the exceptional. Wow. Wow. That's cool. So what kind it of is. tools? Yeah. What kind of tools do you use, like generally? Well, positive psychology has different things that they concentrate on. So uh, if you want to become more positive, there are many, many things you have to, you, you could do. But let's say the main ones is connecting to nature, being part of something bigger. So volunteering, being part of a social network, being part of a group does increase one's well-being. Also, uh, gratitude. Gratitude is by far the biggest tool of positive psychology It is just phenomenal how when you become grateful, and there's different ways to, to show your gratitude. You can do a gratitude journal. You can um, say thank you to everyone you meet for things that they've done to you. you know, so just being grateful puts you in this very, very, very nice um, mood that mm. allows you to get to even find more things to be grateful for. And the more things you are grateful for, the less things you don't like. So this is another uh, tool or another path of positive psychology. Um, what else? Uh, you know, uh, having fun. Yeah. So doing things that bring fun. Sometimes we forget that. You know, as children, we do that all the time. Then we grow up and we actually yeah, playing. And exactly, yeah. playing, having fun. All of these are very uh, encouraged to do if you want better well-being. I mean, there, we, we have a tree for that. I wish I could share it, but we have a tree of uh, and we have positivity and we put all of these uh, elements on them and how you can get... Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warif podcast, a place for dialogue on development that promotes social, economic and environmental progress. My name is Abir and I'm your host. It's my joy to connect with fellow developmental professionals, practitioners, academics and enthusiasts. My mission is to make the world a more kind, safe and clean place. I believe even small steps in the right direction can cause a chain reaction towards larger positive impact. Let's meet our guests and learn how they're working towards a better world. Hello everyone to a new episode of Warif. A peace ruling supreme in the Arab world is Her Highness Sheikha Antisar al-Sabah's life's vision. From her native Kuwait, This vision is a light that guides her work as a philanthropist, entrepreneur, author, film producer, and columnist. It is also the resource of her mission to empower children, young people, and women to emerge victorious from any ordeal. In this daily pursuit, she relies on the right mix of entrepreneurship, psychology, and philanthropy. She truly believes that this approach has the power to transform the world. This hallmark of her life's work, inspiring personal victory, positivity, and peace is reflected in her social enterprises, Intisards and Ibarra, nonprofits 
and Nuwer and Bariq and Charitable Organization Intisar Foundation. From her uncle, the late Amir of the State of Kuwait, His Highness Sheikh Sabah Al-Ahmed Al-Sabah, a United Nations recognized global humanitarian leader, she draws her understanding that leadership is a duty to aid and uplift others. With great foresight, it was he who named her Intisar, victory in Arabic, just a day after attending a summit, which at the same time brought peace to many Arabs. With deep commitment, she bears this name to improve the fate of women, encourage high aspirations, and build more peaceful world for all. Welcome, Sheikh Antisar. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It will all work out at the end. Thank you for the opportunity. Hayati, thank Uh, you. Thank you. So there are so many people who want to know more about you. So tell us more about yourself and where do you come from? I am Sal Asabah. I am from Kuwait and I'm a mother of four amazing girls. I have both normal businesses, but I also uh, flourish and thrive in the social philanthropic world. And when I see something that I can contribute to, I'm always willing to do something. And yeah, yeah and that's a little bit brief about who I am. Wow. So tell us more about the project and where and why did you start it? Okay. I started where in started thinking about it and reflecting on it in 2012. And basically at the time um, in Kuwait, there was a lot of um, uh, despondency. People uh, didn't want to see that, you know, some people didn't want to see that there's a lot of good happening. And they, uh, I think it was like, I think in, in Kuwait, mainly there was uh, some people who liked to, to believe in uh, what they call uh, reality. And the reality made them miserable. So the reality mm. was mm. no hope. The reality was everything was going badly. I remember having a call with someone who actually, because that was his reality, he brought out this song all about the need to change. But in his great wanting for things to change, he highlighted all the bad things. And they were really things that weren't uh, balanced as in he um, in, the, in the video he put there's lots of dirt and filth and garbage everywhere oh wow and, and, um, and exactly oh wow so when I asked him where did you find them and he said oh in this area I said well he can't get he could get and sort of say all of Kuwait is dirty and broken etc but he had a good intention of wanting change but we couldn't see eye to eye in how to create change his way of of bringing on change is to highlight all the bad things and then ask people to change I couldn't understand that because in all my life and also in all the readings I did in positive psychology, you cannot highlight what you don't want and expect it to teach you actually Absolutely. grow what you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I started thinking how to bring positive psychology to Kuwait 
mm. in a way that people get it, but also in a way that it it increases their capacity to be agents of change in the country. Interesting. And that's how it started. It was, yeah, it was very different idea. And the way we do it, we, we don't do lectures, we we do advocacy, but our advocacy is less than our actual implementable uh, toolkits that, that we give everyone, be it virtual or um, in person. So we do um, we do conferences, we do seminars, uh-huh. interactive seminars and conferences, and we also work in malls or in events or in the street to uh, shed light and. and uh, uh, educate people about how positive psychology can better their lives uh-huh. and all throughout we're always giving tools so we don't say oh you should be positive without giving them a way to become more positive and that's uh, what kind I of tools of strongest yeah but before jumping to that yeah before yeah. jumping to that question uh, can you explain what positive psychology is to the to our listeners okay yeah Oh, I, because I know it so well, I, I think everyone knows. Okay, so positive, the difference between psychology and positive psychology, uh, I, I would just simplify the difference. Psychology, you look at the average person and their, and, and their um, well-being, and you t- take the less than average, so the ones at the bottom of the scale, you bring them up to the middle. So this is what positive psychology, you, you support these people with, uh, with different tools and uh, psychological interventions to bring them to the average well-being of, human, of the human, of let's say the population. Mm. Positive psychology, on the other hand, looks at the outliers, the really exceptional people, the ones who are doing amazing things, and they study uh, what is the secret of these people? And so what, what we do in positive psychology, we bring the average up to the exceptional, not the mediocre to the average, or let's say mediocre is not the right word, not the less happy or less, less in a, a mental well-being state to the average, but no, we take the average or the normal uh, well-being, people with a normal well-being, take them to the exceptional, well-being, take them to happiness, to contentment, to satisfaction, mm. and, and above. So how do you make these people feel better and do better with uh, psychological tools? So I, I hope that explained it. So yeah. it's not taking the below average to the average. No, it's taking the average to the exceptional. Wow. Wow. That's cool. So what kind it of is. tools? Yeah. What kind of tools do you use, like, generally? Well, positive psychology has different things that they concentrate on. So uh, if you want to become more positive, there are many, many things you have to, you, you could do. But let's say the... Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warif podcast, a place for dialogue on development that promotes social, economic and environmental progress. My name is Abir and I'm your host. It's my joy to connect with fellow developmental professionals, practitioners, academics, and enthusiasts. My mission is to make the world a more kind, safe, and clean place. I believe even small steps in the right direction can cause a chain reaction towards larger positive impact. 
Let's meet our guests and learn how they're working towards a better world. Hello everyone to a new episode of Warif. A peace ruling supreme in the Arab world is Her Highness Sheikha Antisar al-Sabah's life's vision. From her native Kuwait, this vision is a light that guides her work as a philanthropist, entrepreneur, author, film producer, and columnist. It is also the resource of her mission to empower children, young people, and women to emerge victorious from any ordeal. In this daily pursuit, she relies on the right mix of entrepreneurship, psychology, and philanthropy. She truly believes that this approach has the power to transform the world. This hallmark of her life's work inspiring personal victory, positivity, and peace is reflected in her social enterprises, Antisards and Ibara, nonprofits Anuwer and Bariq, and charitable organization Antisar Foundation. From her uncle, the late Amir of the state of Kuwait, His Highness Sheikh Sabah Al Ahmed Al Sabah, a United Nations recognized global humanitarian leader, she draws her understanding that leadership is a duty to aid and uplift others. With great foresight, it was he who named her Antisar, victory in Arabic, just a day after attending a summit, which at the same time brought peace to many Arabs. With deep commitment, she bears this name to improve the fate of women, encourage high aspirations, and build more peaceful world for all. Welcome, Sheikh Antisar. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. it all works out at the end. Thank you for the opportunity. Hayati, thank Uh, you. Thank you. So there are so many people who want to know more about you. So tell us more about yourself and for things to change. He highlighted all the bad things. And they were really things that weren't uh, balanced as in he in the the video he put there's lots of dirt and filth and garbage everywhere. Oh wow. And and, uh, and, and exactly oh wow. So one I asked him, where did you find them? And he said, oh, in this area. I said, well, he can't get, he, he could get, and sort of say all of Kuwait is dirty and broken, etc. But he had a good intention of wanting change, but we couldn't see eye to eye in how to create change. His way of, of bringing on change is to highlight all the bad things and then ask people to change. I couldn't understand that because in all my life, And also in all the readings I did in positive psychology, you cannot highlight what you don't want and expect it to to actually grow what you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I started thinking how to bring positive psychology to Kuwait Mm. in a way that people get it, but also in a way that it it increases their capacity to be agents of change in the country. Interesting. And that's how it started. It was, yeah, it was very different idea. And the way we do it, we, we don't do lectures, we, we do advocacy, but our advocacy is less than our actual implementable uh, toolkits that, that we give everyone, be it virtual or um, in person. So we do um, we do conferences, we do seminars, 
Uh-huh. interactive seminars and conferences and we also work in malls or in events or industry to uh, shed light and, and uh, educate people about how positive psychology can better their lives uh-huh. and all throughout we're always giving tools so we don't say oh you should be positive without giving them a way to become more positive and that's uh, what kind of tools yeah but before jumping to that yeah before jumping to that question uh can you explain what positive psychology is to the to our listeners okay yeah because i know it so well i I think everyone knows okay so positive the difference between psychology and positive psychology and i would just simplify the difference psychology you look at the average person and their and and their um, well-being, and you t- take the less than average, so the ones at the bottom of the scale, you bring them up to the middle. So this is what positive psychology. You, you support these people with uh, with different tools and uh, psychological interventions to bring them to the average well-being of human of the human of let's say the population. Mm. Positive psychology, on the other hand, looks at the outliers, the really exceptional people, the ones who are doing amazing things. And they study uh, what is the secret of these people. And so what, what we do in positive psychology, we bring the average up to the exceptional, not the mediocre to the average, or let's say mediocre is not the right word, not the less happy or less less in a a mental well-being state to the average, but no, we take the average or the normal uh, well-being, people with a normal well-being, take them to the exceptional well-being, take them to happiness, to contentment, to satisfaction, Mm. and, and above. So how do you make these people feel better and do better with uh, psychological tools. So I, I hope that explained it. So yeah. it's not taking the below average to the average. No, it's taking the average to the exceptional. Wow. Wow. That's cool. So what kind it of is. tools? Yeah. What kind of tools do you use? Like generally? Well, positive psychology has different things that they concentrate on. So uh, if you want to become more positive, there are many, many things you have to, you, you could do. But let's say the main ones is connecting to nature, being part of something bigger. So volunteering, being part of a social network, being part of a group does increase one's well-being. Also, uh, gratitude. Gratitude is by far the biggest tool of positive psychology it is just phenomenal how when you become grateful and there's different ways to, to show your gratitude. You can do a gratitude journal. You can um, say thank you to everyone you meet for things that they've done to you. you know, so just being grateful puts you in this very, very, very nice um, mood that mm. allows you to, get, to even find more things to be grateful for. And the more things you are grateful for, the less things you don't like. So this is another uh, tool or another path of positive psychology. Um, what else? Uh, you know, uh, having fun. Yeah. So doing things that bring fun. Sometimes we forget that. You know, as children, we do that all the time. Then we grow up and we actually yeah, play. Exactly, yeah. playing, having fun, 
all of these are very uh, encouraged to do if you want better well-being. I mean, there, we, we have a tree for that. I wish I could share it, but we have a tree of uh, a new way of positivity and we put all of these uh, elements on them and how you can get to it. So we sort of simplified it from day one. Hmm, interesting. And if you go to anywhere, you find the tree, com. I'll check it out. And, you know, sometimes we forget the simple things are the things that matter the most. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, simplicity is one of the key branches of positive psychology, to simplify everything, because when you make things mm. complicated, one can drown and in, in, in all the complexity, and that also brings your uh, mental well-being down. So always to simplify things because that will make it easier for you to work on it. Yeah. So simplification is another angle that leads to a, a better and more positive well-being. Perfect. I wanted to ask you, going back to Anuware, how does Anuware help with issues such as education, health, and like human rights, for example? Okay, thank you. So we, uh, when, when I started in 2013, it was just for the public. And then uh, in 2015, we realized that how about if we just focus on the youth in schools? It's, it's, it's a simpler way of affecting change. And so we did a little uh, pilot study in three schools with three teachers, and it was so amazing. It, it did so well. We just had affirmations that they would you know, keep with the whole time, and every week they would do new affirmation with the teacher and the, and the, and the class. And there was such a change that it encouraged us to actually do a proper school um, program. And we did, and we got uh, professionals and professors in implementable positive psychology. When I say implementable, are people who can simplify positive psychology in a way that the students can get it and not complicated and not need a lot of training on it mm. and uh, we and with their help we did a curriculum and we showed that to the ministry of uh, education they mm. loved it we started training teachers to implement the program on their students or with their students oh, awesome. and in the first yeah in the first year of implementation we actually did research on 1200 students and uh, so 600 were uh, the control group and uh, 600 we actually implemented the program on and within six weeks there was a seven percent change in the outlook on life between both groups so the ones that we implemented the program on were seven percent more or seven percent better on their outlook on life just six weeks so this encouraged us also to aim higher, and so we approached the higher authority for planning, and Berir is, which is the branch of nowhere. Sorry, Berir yeah. means luminosity or brightness, and it is the yeah. educational arm of nowhere. And Berir is in yeah, I was the just going to ask about national Berir. plan of Kuwait. Oh. Yeah. Berir is an educational program, and it's in the national. Uh, program for a human de- a human capital development in uh, Kuwait. So, so we are uh, an NGO that works with mm. the higher authority for planning and the Ministry of Education. Interesting. And what was the motivation behind starting Barir? Uh, the fact that we just wanted to concentrate on the youth in a place where we find them all together and schools is the best way to get them mm. there. And I mean, we started in 20. 
2018 officially. Okay. And by so 2015 we did a pilot study, 2016 we did the smaller program, 17 we approached higher authority for planning, uh, and we were uh, now under the umbrella of them for the human um, capital. And pre-COVID, because Kuwait uh, schools were closed for a year, so pre-COVID we were in 47. Uh, governmental high schools in all the regions in Kuwait and we were training about 600 teachers who were implementing the program on around 12,000 students. Wonderful. Wow. That's a big number. Wow. That is a big number. And we've had huge change. We've had huge change in social behavior, a huge change in uh, the behavior, the attitude, uh, mental well-being uh, of the students. And there's quality of so life as well. That yeah. it, exactly. And also their academic achievement, it increased by, I think, something like 100 50% when we implemented the program on them wow. because they started liking the school more, they liked, started liking the teacher more, they started liking themselves more, and so they were doing better academically too. It's all about, you know, like being positive and having a better quality of life, then you'd be more productive and like enjoy exactly. the things that you do. Yeah, exactly. So, what have you noticed like the things that Barik did to help school children the most? Uh, we, you know, but it is very simple. It's exercises that are done weekly, and so the one exercise builds on the one before it. And uh, the students, once they start doing these exercises, they start seeing the world in a different way. So, I'll, I'll give you one example. One exercise is the first exercise is you have how. Look at the things around you and see the nice things around you. And you have to write them down. So the, the, we have a student workbook which has graphics, has places for students to write in, has speech exercises, but it also allows the student to be creative. So student, you know, there's a, a mind and, and hand connection. So when you're writing with your hand, your mind actually comprehends it better. So this, so the students writing their thoughts are writing the good things that happen to them in their lives every day sharing that with the rest of the students you bring and the teachers for sure you bring in a different energy to the class altogether and it changes the mood so that's one exercise there is many exercises there is uh, like for uh, three weeks they have to also volunteer and uh, with the, the whole class has to volunteer in the community so service school mm. yeah to community service so that's one of the things that part of what positive psychology is and they go to uh, either uh, schools of less privileged so you know if it, it or, or let's say the ones with uh, special needs mm-hmm. and then they support them and then they come back and they feel so much better one exercise is you have to go and speak to your grandmother so or nice. grandfather and get the yes and get details of their lives. And so they that's so like intergenerational dialogue. Yeah. Exactly. One exercise is you have to go speak to your parents and ask what was the first word you said, what was the what was the thing you liked eating when you were young. So just getting 
to, to, to speak with their parents also gets them to have more connection. And exactly. you're speaking about things that when you were young, so they're happy things. What's the food I like the most? What is, uh, what did make, what made me laugh the most? So you're sort of, you know, and, and, and these are teenagers. So we only work with high schools. And mostly, you know, where teenagers are not really that close to their family. And so these exercises are fun and they get to share them in class. Mm. And so they become closer to their families. And we've had lots and lots of testimonials of, of students suddenly realizing that they actually like their families. Oh. And so it's very interesting what's going on. That's interesting. So it's all about connection and the sense of belonging. Exactly. Yeah. So moving on to another topic, you're a figure known for peace. So I want to ask you, as someone who's worked to promote peaceful and happy lives, what is something you've noticed in a common denominator uh, in, in unpeaceful situations? Unpeaceful? Yes. What is something common that, uh, like a common de- de- denominator? Denominator. <laughs> yeah, sorry. In unpeaceful situations. Yeah, I get that all yeah. the time. Yeah. The common denominator that I've never. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warif podcast a place for dialogue on development that promotes social, economic, and environmental progress. My name is Abir, and I'm your host. It's my joy to connect with fellow developmental professionals, practitioners, academics, and enthusiasts. My mission is to make the world a more kind, safe, and clean place. I believe even small steps in the right direction can cause a chain reaction towards larger positive impact. Let's meet our guests and learn how they're working towards a better world. everyone to a new episode of Warif. A peace ruling supreme in the Arab world is Her Highness Sheikha Antisar al-Sabah's life's vision. From her native Kuwait, this vision is a light that guides her work as a philanthropist, entrepreneur, author, film producer, and columnist. It is also the resource of her mission to empower children, young people, and women to emerge victorious from any ordeal. In this daily pursuit, she relies on the right mix of entrepreneurship, psychology, and philanthropy. She truly believes that this approach has the power to transform the world. This hallmark of her life's work inspiring personal victory, positivity, and peace is reflected in her social enterprises, Antisars and Ibarra, nonprofits. Anuwer and Bariq and charitable organization Intisar Foundation. From her uncle, the late Amir of the state of Kuwait, His Highness Sheikh Sabah Al Ahmed Al Sabah, a United Nations recognized global humanitarian leader, she draws her understanding that leadership is a duty to aid and uplift others. With great foresight, it was he who named her Intisar, victory in Arabic just a day after attending a summit, which at the same time brought peace to many Arabs. With deep commitment, she bears this name to improve the fate of women, encourage high aspirations, and build more peaceful world for all. Welcome, Sheikh Antisar. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Finally. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It will all work out at the end. Thank you for yes. the opportunity. Hi, Ati. Thank uh, you. Am... Thank you. So Thank you. There are so many people who want to know more about you. So tell us more about yourself and where do you come from? I am Sal Asabah. I am from Kuwait and I'm a mother of four amazing girls. I have both normal businesses, but I also uh, flourish and thrive in the social philanthropic world. And when I see something that I can contribute to, I'm always willing to do something. And yeah, yeah and that's a little bit brief about who I am. Wow. So tell us more about the project and where and why did you start it? Okay. I started where in started thinking about it and reflecting on it in 2012. And basically at the time um, in Kuwait, there was a lot of um, uh, despondency. People uh, didn't want to see that, you know, some people didn't want to see that there's a lot of good happening. And they, uh, I think it was like, I think in, in Kuwait mainly, there was uh, some people who liked to, to believe in uh, what they call uh, reality. And the reality made them miserable. So the reality mm. was mm. no hope. The reality was everything was going badly. I remember having a call with someone who actually, because that was his reality, he brought out this song all about the need to change. But in his great wanting for things to change, he highlighted all the bad things. And they were really... Mm. things that weren't uh, balanced as in he um, in, the, in the video he put there's lots of dirt and filth and garbage everywhere oh wow and, and, um, and, and exactly oh wow so when I asked him where did you find them and he said oh in this area I said well he can't get he could get and sort of say all of Kuwait is dirty and broken etc but he had a good intention of wanting change but we couldn't see eye to eye in how to create change his way of, of bringing on change is to highlight all the bad things and then ask people to change I couldn't understand that because in all my life and also in all the readings I did in positive psychology you cannot highlight what you don't want and expect it to teach you actually Absolutely. grow what you want mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I started thinking how to bring positive psychology to Kuwait mm. in a way that people get it, but also in a way that it it increases their capacity to be agents of change in the country. Interesting. And that's how it started. It was, yeah, it was very different idea. And the way we do it, we, we don't do lectures, we, we do advocacy, but our advocacy is less than our actual implementable uh, toolkits that, that we give everyone, be it virtual or um, in person. So we do um, we do conferences, we do seminars, uh-huh. interactive seminars and conferences, and we also work in malls or in events or in the street to uh, shed light and, and uh, educate people about how positive psychology can better their lives. Uh And all throughout, we're always giving tools. So we don't say, oh, you should be positive without giving them a way to become more positive. And that's uh, one of our strongest things. But before jumping to that that question, uh, can you explain what positive psychology is to to our listeners? 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, because I know it so well, I, I think everyone knows. Okay. Mm. So positive, the difference between psychology and positive psychology, and I, I would just simplify the difference. Psychology, you look at the average person and their, and, and their um, well-being, and you t- take the less than average, so the ones at the bottom of the scale, you bring them up to the middle. So this is what positive psychology, you, you support these people with, uh, with different tools and uh, psychological interventions to bring them to the average well-being of, human, of the human, of let's say the population. Mm. Positive psychology, on the other hand, looks at the outliers, the really exceptional people, the ones who are doing amazing things, and they study uh, what is the secret of these people. And so what, what we do in positive psychology, we bring the average up to the exceptional, not the mediocre to the average, or let's say mediocre is not the right word, not the less happy or less less in a, a mental well-being state to the average, but no, we take the average or the normal uh, well-being, people with a normal well-being, take them to the exceptional well-being, take them to happiness, to contentment, to satisfaction, mm. and, and above. So how do you make these people feel better and do better with uh, psychological tools? So I hope that explained it. So yeah. it's not taking the below average to the average. No, it's taking the average to the exceptional. Wow. Wow. That's cool. So what kind it of is. tools? Yeah. What kind of tools do you use? Like generally? Well, positive psychology has different things that they concentrate on. So uh, if you want to become more positive, there are many, many things you have to, you, you could do. But let's say the main ones is connecting to nature, being part of something bigger. So volunteering, being part of a social network, being part of a group does increase one's well-being. Also, uh, gratitude. Gratitude is by far the biggest tool of positive psychology it is just phenomenal how when you become grateful and there's different ways to, to show your gratitude. You can do a gratitude journal. You can um, say thank you to everyone you meet for things that they've done to you. you know, so just being grateful puts you in this very, very, very nice um, mood that mm. allows you to, get, to even find more things to be grateful for. And the more things you are grateful for, the less things you don't like. So this is another uh, tool or another path of positive psychology. Um, what else? You know, uh, having fun. Yeah. So doing things that bring fun. Sometimes we forget that. You know, as children, we do that all the time. Then we grow up and we actually yeah, keep playing, our thoughts. Actually. And exactly, yeah. playing, having fun. All of these are very uh, encouraged to do if you want better well-being. I mean, there, we, we have a tree for that. I wish I could share it, but we have a tree of uh, and we have positivity and we put all of these uh, elements on them and how you can get to it. So we sort of simplified it from day one. Hmm, interesting. And if you go to Alouer, you find the tree, alouer.com. I'll check it out. And, you know, sometimes we forget the simple things are the things that matter the most. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, simplicity is one of the key branches of positive psychology to simplify everything because when you make things mm. complicated, one can drown 
and in, in all the complexity. And that also brings your uh, mental well-being down. So always to simplify things because that will make it easier for you to work on it. So simplification is another angle that leads to a, a better and more positive well-being. Perfect. I wanted to ask you, going back to unaware, how does unaware help with issues such as education, health, and like human rights, for example? Okay, thank you. So we, uh, when, when I started in 2013, it was just for the public. And then uh, in 2015, we realized that how about if we just focus on the youth in schools? It's, it's, it's a simpler way of affecting change. And so we did a little uh, pilot study in three schools with three teachers, and it was so amazing. It, it did so well. We just had affirmations that they would, you know, keep with the whole time, and every week they would do new information with the teacher and the, and the, and the class. And there was such a change that it encouraged us to actually do a proper school um, program. And we did, and we got professionals and professors in implementable positive psychology. When I say implementable, are people who can simplify positive psychology in a way that the students can get it and not complicate it and not need a lot of training on it. Mm. And, uh, we, and with their help, we did the curriculum and we showed that to the Ministry of uh, Education. They mm. loved it. We started training teachers to implement the program on their students or with their students. Oh, awesome. And in the, first, yeah, in the first year of implementation, we actually did research on 1,200 students. And uh, so 600 were uh, the control group and uh, 600 we actually implemented the program on. And within six weeks, there was a 7% change in the outlook on life between both groups. So the ones that we implemented the program on were 7% more or 7% better on their outlook on life, just six weeks. So this encouraged us also to aim higher. And so we approached the higher authority for planning and Berir is, which is the branch of nowhere. So Berir means luminosity or brightness. And it is the yeah. educational arm of nowhere. And Berir is in yeah, I was the just gonna ask about national Berir. plan of Kuwait. Oh. Yeah. Berir is an educational program and it's in the national uh, program for a human a human capital development in uh, Kuwait. So, so we are uh, an NGO that works with mm. the higher authority for planning and the Ministry of Education. Interesting. And what was the motivation behind starting Barir? Uh, the fact that we just wanted to concentrate on the youth in a place where we find them all together and schools is the best way to get them mm. there. And I mean, we started in 20. 18 officially okay. and by so 2015 we did a pilot study 2016 we did the smaller program 17 we approached higher authority for planning uh, and we were uh, now under the umbrella of them for the human um, capital and pre-covid because kuwait uh, schools were closed for a year so pre-covid we were in 47 uh, governmental high schools in all the regions in Kuwait and we were training about 600 teachers who were implementing the program on around 12,000 students. 
Wonderful. Wow. That's a big number. Wow. That is a big number. And we've had huge change. We've had huge change in social behavior, huge change in uh, the behavior, the attitude, uh, mental well-being uh, of the students. And there's quality of life as well. Exactly. And also their academic achievement, it increased by, I think, something like 100 Fifty percent when we implemented the program on them wow. because they started liking the school more, they like started liking the teacher more, they started liking themselves more, and so they were doing better academically too. It's all about you know like being positive yeah. and having a better quality of life. Then you'd be more productive and like enjoy exactly. the things that you do. Yeah, exactly. So what have you noticed like the things that Barik did to help school children the most? Uh, we, you know, but it is very simple. It's exercises that are done weekly, and so the one exercise builds on the one before it. And uh, the students, once they start doing these exercises, they start seeing the world in a different way. So, I'll, I'll give you one example. One exercise is the first exercise is you have how. Look at the things around you and see the nice things around you. And you have to write them down. So the, the, we have a student workbook which has graphics, has places for students to write in, has speech exercises. But it also allows the student to be creative. So student, you know, there's a, a mind and, and hand connection. So when you're writing with your hand, your mind actually comprehends it better. So, this, so the students writing their thoughts are writing the good things that happen to them in their lives every day, sharing that with the rest of the students, you bring, and the teachers for sure, you bring in a different energy to the class altogether, and it changes the mood. So that's one exercise there, is many exercises. There is, uh, like, for uh, three weeks, they have to also volunteer, and uh, with the, the whole class has to volunteer. And the community so service. school... Mm. Yeah, to community service. So that's one of the things that part of what positive psychology is. And they go to uh, either uh, schools of less privileged, so you know, if it, it or, or let's say the ones with uh, special needs, mm-hmm. and then they support them, and then they come back and they feel so much better. One exercise is you have to go and speak to your grandmother, so or nice. grandfather, and get the yes, and get details of their lives. And so they, that so it's like intergenerational dialogue. Yeah. Exactly. One exercise is you have to go speak to your parents and ask what was the first word you said? What was the, what was the thing you liked eating when you were young? So just getting to, to, to speak with their parents also gets them to have more connection. And exactly. you're speaking about things mm. that when you were young, so they're happy things. What's the food I like the most? What is uh, what did make what made me laugh the most? So you're sort of, you know, and, and, and these are teenagers. So we only work with high schools. And mostly, you know, where teenagers are not really that close to their family. And so these exercises are fun and they get to share them in class. Mm. And so they become closer to their families. And we've had lots and lots of testimonials of, of students suddenly realizing that they actually like their families. Oh. And so it's very interesting what's going on. That's interesting. So it's all about connection and the sense of belonging. Exactly. Yeah. So moving on to another topic, you're a figure known for peace. 
So I want to ask you, as someone who's worked to promote peaceful and happy lives, what is something you've noticed in a common denominator uh, in, in unpeaceful situations? Unpeaceful? Yes. What is something common that, it, like a common de- de- denominator? Denominator. <laughs> yeah, sorry. In unpeaceful situations. Yeah, I get that all yeah. the time. Yeah. The common denominator. I've never been asked that question, so thank you for that. Yeah. There are a few common denominators, and one of them is, I think one of the biggest ones is the people. And I, I let me say the women, the women we work with, uh, when we start working with them and they are not in a good place, and that's why they are doing uh, drama therapy with us. I just say it as this, they're so serious that it actually is defeating So they take life so seriously. They take life so seriously that they lose on seeing the bigger picture. Um, so they cannot have fun. They want to stay. They want to stay in that self-punishing place because they they feel helpless from leaving. And so one of the things we do when we when we implement drama therapy with them is to get them out of that powerless state. into mm. a state of they can the least they can do is take care of themselves the least they can do the least they can do is have fun the least they can do is speak their intention or speak their uh, emotions the least they can do is connect with their emotions the least they can do is so tell us more others and support them so yeah you know drama, drama therapy is it's a melange between psychology and theater uh, tools okay. or theater uh, techniques and it's a 20 year old therapy so it's not very old but it's so effective um, and it's so efficient in changing the mindset of the people who go through drama therapy uh, if anyone's done drama in school or they've gone on this uh, done theater in school you know that when you do drama in school you get to number one embody your own emotions and realize you do have these emotions you do have these behaviors inside you because the only one way to be able to act is to understand yourself first and the second thing is you have to also connect with the audience and to connect with the audience you actually have to be more aware of your feelings and theirs so it's almost like an emotional connection mm. and this sort of gets you out of your head and gets you more into the emotive Uh, being of yourself and of people and that's when you realize things make you happy things make you sad and so you're more prone to go to the things that can make you happy so it, it, it's quite complex but it's quite, quite simple you, with with drama therapy the women get to realize that they have the power to change their lives by just changing the way they think hmm. And I think you're working on drama therapy for the Middle East, right? With all the females. Yes. Yeah, there's... exactly. So I started yeah. I started with the Sar Foundation in 2018. Okay. And uh, our goal is to, uh, we want to bring peace to the Arab world through the self-empowerment of women affected by war and violence. Oh. And our goal is one million women. We know when... One woman will affect seven people directly. Yeah. How do you uh, know so, that? Because in the Arab world, we are tight-knit, right? So she at least affects her husband or her siblings 
and her children. Yes. So there's always at least seven people around that woman. And when she changes, she is more likely to change them too. Oh. Whereas um, let's a, a woman, okay, look at, let's look at women. Women are the glue that hold the fabric of society together, right? Yes. More than men. Yes. So a man will influence people, but the woman has a bigger influence on uh, the immediate people than a man, than a man does because she has uh, more stake yes. in keeping everything together than the man does. Not that he doesn't care. It's the woman just cares more. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it, it, all research has have proved that women, women tend to maintain the social fabric by handling issues pertaining to the daily of needs of their communities. So their children, have, because they, they cater to the needs of the community, okay, they need to keep the community together. So they have more stake in the community being together than being uh, separated. So they will make more effort. That's why mm-hmm. we are working with women, because women want peace within their um, Usually, uh, yes. communities. Yes, they want peace because they need to keep, they need to fulfill the daily needs of their families, right? Sah. And when there's no peace, they cannot do that. And so they're more stressed. So women uh, put more emphasis on peace building than men because mm. they have to, again, they have to cater to the daily needs of their families. And women are naturally givers. Okay. Okay. So on, on your goal to empower both children and women alike, what benefits do you see after working with or creating initiatives to help people like them? Like what changes take place to shift their life? In Kuwait, we work with students. Okay. You know, and mainly Berea works with students and also where predominantly works with the youth. And Star Foundation, on the other hand, uh, works in Lebanon and Jordan so far, and we're expanding to uh, their initiatives, more right? Countries. Bariq is an initiative, uh, and Nuer- Bariq is yeah, Bariq is an initiative of uh, okay. okay. So Bariq and Nuer work in t- and only in Kuwait. We we have no uh, reason to take them out now. Okay. Uh, uh, and Star Foundation works in Lebanon and Jordan. Yeah. And hopefully very soon we're working on something for, for Saudi and for Kuwait. Oh. And uh, it's mainly for uh, communities and uh, women affected by trauma or uh, war or violence. Mm. So we work on self-empowering the women so they become better peace builders in their communities. Okay. So it's two different things. We never work with women and children together because that's not our mandate. We work with women only through foundation and work with the youth through uh, nowhere. Hmm. Okay. So throughout all of like the non-profits and organizations you coordinate and the initiatives as well, how have you been able to take basic principles and apply them to many demographics? Like should more people be focusing on the impacts of psychology to develop better life peace? Thank you for that question. I love it. So one of the things, you know, I, I thank you. You know, working with positive psychology and then working with theater, applied theater and theater techniques, and then working with drama therapy. What I and with everything we do, we do uh, conduct research and we do impact uh, assessment with with the methodologies that we use. 
And so looking at uh, the, the, the research and the impact and the findings we get, what we've realized is when the sooner one is able to mentally support someone who's gone through a crisis, be it uh, bullying in schools, uh, not doing well academically in school, being, you know, like life is not as, as nice as one as they tend to have. Again, these are other students in, in, in schools. Whatever their um, mental well-being is, when you give them uh, a tool that supports their growth, their emotional growth, mm. there is a, a big change, not only in the people, but also in their surrounding in, and also the way they act. So uh, in, uh, let's go back to schools. There was less bullying, there was more kindness, there was more community, not community, camaraderie between the students. We've had uh, numerous camps of students from all walks of life because they're in the same class and doing the same uh, positive psychology curriculum suddenly become friends and they start looking out for each other. Mm. And this is in a class that they were not even on good terms before. So there was a huge shift in the way uh, people were expressing themselves, but also accepting themselves and others. And so that's in schools. And then when we go to women victims of trauma or war, what we've realized is using trauma therapy with them, they also started accepting themselves and accepting um, the other women in the camp, the neighborhood, uh, the town that they're in, to accept and involve and um, and involve everyone at the same time. So it was more peace building, if you, if I, if you could call it peace building, because accepting others and accepting diversity is a peaceful place to be in. Mm. And so I am uh, with with a lot of my other friends and, and, and uh, people in uh, uh, high, uh, high positions of power are advocating um, the need for humanitarian aid emergency humanitarian aid, basic humanitarian aid, to always include psychological interventions. They have to be society-driven. They have to be um, yeah. uh, group psychological interventions and more than just, you know... One Psychosocial one, one, recovery two, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like we need to weave the fabric of society together by getting everyone to sit together, do these programs together, have fun together, enjoy life together. And then for sure, once they realize that the other one is safe, build bridges with, uh-huh. with each other. Beautiful. And so, yeah, so we're actually working on research on trauma therapy and peace and psychological interventions in peace and also mapping what was done around the world on the use of therapy or like a nationwide therapeutic intervention and uh, raising awareness that this has to be done worldwide, yeah. not in countries affected by war, yes. but countries as a whole. Yeah. If we want to have peace, then we have to psychologically support everyone to be in a more peaceful state, in a better place where they can yes, absolutely. bring peace to their communities instead of... Mm being agents of disruption. Mm. Mm. Yeah, to build more cycles of peace and destroy cycles of grievances. 
I guess that's the goal. Yeah. I I heard once a fact that Kuwait is the number one country in the world that donates humanitarian aid as per capita. I don't know if that's true or not. Yes, we have the highest percentage of GDP going to aid. That's really very impressive. So I want to ask you, Sheikh Antisar, uh, as we wrap up, what are your secret next few goals are going to (laughs) be? If you can share them with oh, us. Oh, <laughs> my goals. I, as I said, I mean, one of the things I look for is to increase the psychological support given to everyone, especially the ones in dire need of it. But immediately, you know, in, in Lebanon, yeah, we implemented a psychological uh, program on uh, with women who were affected by the port blast, the Beirut port blast. Mm-hmm. And we started it, I think, about three, four months after the blast. By the time we, we um, uh, mobilized everything, we started about four months. Believe me, the one we started four months, another program six months after another program, eight months after. With every month, we could see how more ingrained the trauma was in mm-hmm. the women as compared to the ones we started with earlier. Mm-hmm. So... If there's something that the world has to be aware of is to treat, to work with um, eliminating trauma or dismantling trauma from exactly. the from the beginning, not years down the line, because then it becomes part part of the personality. It's very hard uh, to 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 reverse personality because with trauma you become. Because I'm not talking about new trauma. I became I became more uh, vicious. I became more angry. I became more violent. And it wasn't overnight. It was a built up, a built up, a build up. So when I came to untraumatize myself, it was also a long. Uh, it was something that took long, you know, just to to break one thing after the other, after the other. And now it's like, I don't get angry anymore. So is it like and a lifelong process? And lash out. It's a lifelong process, but you have to start somewhere. And like now, I don't do much. I'm just aware of what I do. But in the beginning, to uh, to to get me out of that place where I was really violent and really angry and not happy, yeah. I had to do quite intensive work. And then after a while, like now, I just do, I do a gratitude journal. And whenever I'm not nice. happy, I just look at things around me that make me happy. And I'm appreciative of, like, I can see my phone cover is just this amazing shade of lime, uh, neon lime. And it's like, now it's making me smile. And just Aww. this small act can change one's emotions from not well to much better if not very well so Mm -hmm. just one of the things i do all the time is i look around me and look at things to appreciate Mm -hmm. so it could be my my jar of water that is so pretty my phone cover the fact that i am having fun speaking to to you on on this podcast that i'm privileged and i'm honored to be here so these are all the small things that get me to a better mental well-being than if I hadn't done them. Yeah, I agree with you. It's all about the small things. It's all small steps. Simple things. Simple things. If things are complicated, I don't like doing them because I don't like thinking where I don't need to. And so the best part of change is it can be simple and small. 
Absolutely. But Absolutely. sustainable and scalable. And that's what we have to do. It's, mm. it's not look for the big things, but look at the small things that we can continually uh, do. Oh, God. I don't want to end this call. You're such an inspiring <laughs> figure. I, I really look up to you. And you, like I've been looking up to this episode for so yeah. long. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for ha- for for being here today. Thank you. What a what a pleasure. What an honor. And thank you for everyone who's listened. And I hope I was able to simplify things because I do so many things. Sometimes even I fall in the path of trying to explain it all. No, it was very and, clear. Uh, it was very beautiful. If I, if I can summarize it, if I can summarize it. Sure, sure. Go ahead, please. For anyone listening, if you have fun in life, you will get to much higher places than if you were serious the whole time. So that's the number one. And number two, find fun in the smallest of things. Find pleasure and appreciation in everything around you. Only by people and feel abundance and feel loved and you need all these good quality feelings to have a better a better day. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, just look at the small things around you, and 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 I, you know sometimes I see them out loud. If I find really not a very good place, I say things out loud like, "Oh my God, I love how white my office is. It's so beautiful, white and shiny, and the light." And I and I say this, and, and it gets me out of the place, the, the not so nice place I could be in. So simplify life, go around looking at things that are pretty and uh, saying them out loud if you can, and say them internally if you cannot, and say nice things to everyone you meet. Oh, I love that. One nice thing about everyone you meet, say something nice, you realize life becomes so much better. Love that. That's so genuine. I love it. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you so much again, Sheikh Antisar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. Big, big hug. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us and listening to Arif. Remember that you can make a difference in the world, even with small steps in the right direction. If you'd like to support the show, please leave a rating and a review. If you have a suggestion or a comment for future episodes, email me at abwer at warif.com. Until the next episode, have a good one.